That's sounding better. Do I need to repeat all of that? <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, I do apologise. Um, but yeah, connection over the last... Uh, last seven years has been good. Back in 2007, Brad Long, Cindy Strickler and I began a conversation that was about taking the material that was in PRMI's Dynamis project and asking the question, what might that look like, not in individual lives, but what might it look like if that was kind of integrated into the life of a congregation? And we began writing this book and we began running conferences and the two kind of developed alongside of each other. They kind of grew together. Um, did the writing during 2008. That was my life. <laughs> it took, took most of the year to do that. 2009, the book got published and we carried on leading, uh, leading these conferences. And um, then when we got to 2012... At the Community of the Cross in North Carolina, which is where the headquarters are for POMI, I first met Pastor Dave and Anne, um, not long back from China. I, I was digging through my photo files yesterday. To, I know they were there. What can I find? I've got better photos of Anne than I have of Dave. <laughs> but when I saw this picture and I thought, you know what, actually that, that is just so Dave. That is so Pastor David, and the, just the, hey, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to be praying with you. And, um, and, and that was so cool. So, something like May 2012, I met him, met them both. November 2012, I was back over at the Community of the Cross as well. So was Pastor David, so was Pastor Gina. We all met up for the very first time back there. And since then, we have taught the conference, Growing the Church in the Power of the Holy Spirit. We have taught that together several times. Dave and I were in Edmonton together in 2013. We were at the Community of the Cross teaching that in 2014. Um, in 2015, Gina and Dave and myself were in Ontario and in Vancouver. In 2016, you kindly released Pastor Gina to come over to the UK and help teach the conference there. And then this past week we've been a little bit busy too. Um, back in 2014 at the Community of the Cross, when, when I first heard Pastor Dave teaching some of this material, something just clicked. Um, the, the way I would tell it is I just remember one evening stood with Dave and just saying to him, you know, it's like we've, we've kind of created this baby, if you like, this, this teaching and everything. It's like we've created this baby and it just feels totally safe and trusting this baby into your hands. And that was the cue for lots of tears and man hugs. <laughs> Um, of just kind of a pair of us, just deeply, deeply connecting in that moment. I didn't realise it at the time, but those were prophetic words about the focus for ministry that, um, that Dave was going to be having. And we've had this deep connection in ministry since then. Um, in the times that we've been teaching together, I've heard again and again and again stories about you all about how this church 
Church has been engaging with the lessons that we've put together in this book. Um, and embracing that and letting that shape and mould the life of the church just being integrated into the DNA of this congregation. And so, you know, this church that I had never until today, never visited, I just felt this strong, strong connection to, knowing that something I'd been involved in helping to write was shaping what your life was like, and knowing that the stories that I was hearing from you were blessing and encouraging and building me up. And so, it's good to be back. In, in, a, in a funny kind of way, spiritually it's good to be back. I've never been here before. And, and I'm going to throw in a confession as well. And I'll, kind of the confession will make sense a little later on, I think. But I get jealous of you all. And I get jealous of Dave and Gina. And I don't mean that in a nasty way. Because I've said, I've confessed this to them before, that there is something I have seen going on in the life of the church... And the testimonies this morning have just been part of the, uh, the evidence of that. There is something going on in the life of the church that I'm looking at with yearning and longing and kind of go, Oh my God, you are so good with what you are doing with this church. So be encouraged and recognize we've got this, this big connection. Now, back in 2017, 16, when... Uh, when um, Gina was in the UK, we were driving in the car somewhere and, and uh, I started saying some things, didn't I? And then Gina gets out her phone and she says, can you say this again, please, so I can record it? Um, yum. Because I was describing to her this vision I was having. You can't really see the picture all that clearly on the screen. It's, it's, um, it's just a... a um, satellite view of the world and the, the lights are where the cities are, okay? Um, just being lit up in that way. But, but as we were, as we were talking, I was describing this vision that I saw, it was like North America was in darkness, but there were these lights coming on, these little lights coming on here and there. But in amongst all of those little lights coming on, Gold Avenue was shining brightly. It was, it was a big, bright light, where all these other little lights were, were coming on around it. You're going to have to dig out the recording, Gina, and get this um, at least typed up, if not shared somehow. I was seeing this church having an impact on other churches around, and we've just been hearing some of that becoming reality. Tell me why I feel a connection here. <laughs> But, but, you know, God has been doing something, and he's doing something with you, and, and he's doing it with what we've seen in the conference last week at Maranatha, 170 people coming along to a conference on growing the church in the power of the Holy Spirit in the CRC. You know, that's not bad, is it? That's not bad. Um, the support from the classes to... Um, facilitate this happening, the, the work that's going on with establishing kingdom congregations, the fact that there were, what was it, 20 of you from this church present helping this happen this past week, pouring into these other churches within the classes particularly, 
the, the, business, the questions that are floating around about how can folks from here help come alongside us, support, mentor, nurture, whatever, other churches in the region and beyond. How can that feed out from here? Bright shining light. Bright shining light in the midst of a lot of little lights that are coming on. So when I got the invitation to come here and preach, something deeply stirred inside of me. Okay? When, when I was invited to preach, my jaw hit the floor, and I was nearly in tears, and I thought, I think I need to say yes. <laughs> um, because I am so, so thrilled to, uh, to be here with you. And then I'm kind of, oh, Lord, what do I say to them? What, what, what's your word? What's the message? What is it that you want me to say? And... Um, one of the things that God put on my heart for you all was some words from Deuteronomy chapter 8. And uh, let me just, uh, just give you a little bit of background for this. Um, I'm not going to read the whole chapter just to set the context. I, could, I ought to really, but th- this is God giving to his people a kind of a heads up before they get to the promised land flowing with milk and honey. Giving them a heads up and saying, listen guys, when you get there, you need to remember this. He's not not chastising them for something they've done wrong. He's not picking up on error. He's not kind of warning them. He's just giving them a caution. Saying, when you get there, when all of these promises become reality, when you are living in all the fruit of, of what it is, I'm going to grow in you. What, I'm, what it is, I'm going to give to you. When that happens, be careful not to forget who made all this happen. And I, I go through this passage and say to you, you know, look, read it through some time and it talks about the manner, the provision from God, it talks about streams, um, Maybe that picture of the flowing of the Holy Spirit for us, who knows the fruit and the growth, the results and all the rest of it. But here, in just in verses 10 and 11, God says to his people, when you have eaten and are satisfied, <coughs> praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you and be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God and failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees. Don't forget the Lord. I'm, I'm serious about this business of Gold Avenue Church being this bright, shining light, resourcing the, the reawakening, the reviving of many churches. Not because you've got this amazing multi-thousand-seater facility. <laughs> hey, everybody would be sitting on each other's laps if we had that many, wouldn't we? It's not because of that. It's because of what God is doing in you. It's not because you've learned how to receive words and visions and pictures and identify kairos moments and step into them and, and enjoy them and preach the word powerfully and see people encountering God and being set free and being healed and all of this. And isn't this a wonderful church and isn't all this great stuff going on? Aren't we wonderful? And God says, hey, don't forget who's doing it. Don't forget who's doing it. When you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. 
for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord, your God. Remember that it's him who is doing this and give him the glory relentlessly. Relentlessly. Okay? So that was one word. I was thinking, man, this sounds heavy to come to a church. I've never met the people and say, don't forget the Lord. But don't forget the Lord. Don't take the glory for yourself. Give it back to him. So that was one, one part of the word that I thought God had for you. And then, then there was this bit as well. And this is flipping right through to the New Testament. A couple of passages um, from 1 Thessalonians 5. And from Hebrews 13, 7, and, and Dave, Gina, and, and others in leadership here as well. This is a gift from me for you. Okay? That this is intended to be a gift for you. And, and there are others in spiritual authority. Folks, there are some passages that they can't preach on. And these are some of them. I don't mean they're not allowed to, but it's just so difficult in, in the congregation that you lead to stand up and give teaching about what the Bible says about how you should respond to and treat your leaders. Because it just sounds so vested self-interest. It's hard to hear it from your own pastor, so I'm coming in as a visiting preacher, and I'm going to say to you, for them, and I'm also going to say, they have not asked me to say this. This was not a lot of the back door of Paul. While you're here, could you just sneak in a few words that um, we'd really love them to hear? Um, but Paul's writing this letter to the church in Thessalonica, and he's saying to that church with their leaders, um, he's, he's telling them things about what their attitude should be and all I'm doing is different Paul but same message to the church here at Gold Avenue and to say will you hear these words because they're God's words about how we connect with and what our attitude should be towards our leaders these are not complicated words you don't need me to kind of spell out what it means even it, it, it's pretty blindingly obvious but I just want you to hear them. So, First Thessalonians 5 and verses 12 and 13. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love. Because of their work, or live in peace with one another. Acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work, and live in peace with each other. Can you hear those words? Can you hear those words and just let, let your own heart be open to the Lord and say... What do I need to do with that? What, what does that need to look like? What does that need to play out like in practice? And with it, I just want to throw in also the uh, passage from Hebrews 13 and verse 7.
who says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the... I said verse... I put seven there. It should be verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Because they keep account. Watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. But this would be no benefit to you. I've mistyped verse 17 to be verse 7 repeatedly in preparing this. It's 17 is the one you're meant to be taking note of. 7 sort of fits. But 17, have confidence in your leaders. Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority. Because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. They, they are accountable to the Lord for what they do. But they're God's gift to you in terms of being leaders. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, but that would be of no benefit to you. It's good when you see other pastors sitting there going, Amen. <laughs> Wish somebody had said this to the congregation I served. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, honestly, and just ask yourself the question, what do you want going through their hearts and minds at night when they've finished dealing with the church for the day? Do you want them looking back with joy? Or do you want them feeling like they're carrying a burden and a weight down? You know, we're dealing with broken people all the time and lives that are not yet made perfect, so there's always going to be some burden around. But what do you want for them? The Bible tells us how to make it a joy for them. It tells us what our attitude to them should be. And, and that is the other word that I have for you this morning. You know, don't forget the Lord. And you know, Submit to and honour and bless and make it a joy for those who lead so that they can lead you well into the places where the Lord is calling you to go. So those were the two messages, the two words that God put on my heart and I just want you to hold on to those and maybe write them down somewhere. I, I, I don't know how you handle that sort of stuff around here but Maybe put that somewhere where it can be tapped back into again and again. Where, where you, church, can turn to one another and say, hey, don't forget this. Hey, don't forget this. Because they can't turn around and say that to you. Some, some of it. But you can do that for each other. The challenging some of the comments that sometimes, well, I hear them float up, so maybe you do here as well. That kind of helping each other to honour the Lord like that. So those were the two words that kind of the Lord placed on my heart um, a couple of months back for you. And then, then there was the shower on Thursday morning. <laughs> and we'll go, go to that one. Um, and the letters to the Thessalonians are really useful. I hadn't uh, intentionally planned for it to be like this, but... Um, there was another little bit another little bit that I want to share as well this is Second Thessalonians 3 and verse 1 um, 
Let me tell you this. This is the picture of Plimstock United Church. We did some building work a, little, a few years ago so that things look a lot better than they used to and, and that's kind of cool and great and all the rest of it. If you've read the book, anybody read the book about growing the church and the power of the Holy Spirit? I, I'm genuine curiosity. Who has? Okay. So you all have read stories about what's been going on in the life of the church in Plimstock. And every story that is in there is true, okay? They are authentic. None of it is made up at all. Um, and they've described in there some of, the, some of the ways that we had seen God at work and principles that we, want, we were wanting to teach. But friends, it is such a struggle to implement much of this at home. And I, I, I made a comment to Dave during the week. And the following morning, the comment I'd made with his Bible reading, where Jesus talks about a prophet is not without honour except in his hometown. That sometimes there are things that are difficult to communicate among the people who know you best. That they don't, they don't respond in the way that you would hope and all the rest of it. And it is such a struggle for us, still to try and do what you folks have done here, which is what has led me feeling jealous, um, which is to say, how do, you get, how do we get our church better on board with actually letting this shape our lives? And, you know, I've watched and heard your stories with yearning in my heart, and so this is what I want to say. 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 1. Pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it was with you. And I don't normally do that when I'm preaching in other churches and say to them, would you do something for us? And yet, standing there in the shower, you don't need to picture that. And having a sense of God saying, you need to ask. And so I stand before you this morning with a request and I ask. Say, so would you do exactly what Paul writes here himself? Would you pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it was with you? These photos on the screen, these are people that I love most of the time. I, uh, <laughs> I, I see faces of folks that I've led to faith, people I've baptised, folks I've married, folks I've prayed with, you know, all the usual stuff. Folks that I get frustrated about because they don't get so much of this and I would love to know that with a little church on the other side of the world do you know what, we've got 90 members we, we get about 60 or 70 in worship on a Sunday morning we're, we're kind of looking at the same sort of size congregation here right now it's so difficult to do what David and Gina are doing which is to push the book when you're the one who wrote it but I'd love you to be praying for us that we'd get somewhere integral with that. Yeah? What I want to do to start with, finish with the preaching now, I want to go back a step to what I said about our um, attitude towards those who exercise leadership. Now, so there's a whole, you know, the stuff I keep hearing, I'm surprised there's any folks in the church who are not leaders, but I suspect them. 
But can I just ask you for a moment, if you are involved within the church's life in any kind of leadership role, in small group, kids' work, whatever it is, could you just stand up for a moment? Because I, I think, you know, worship team leading, prayer ministry team leading, you know, whatever. That's over a third and nearly half the folks in the room. Yeah? So there's the loads of you involved in, in, in all sorts of... Go on, you sit yourself down. But thank you. I think just doing that, you're kind of going, oh, wow, the whole bunch of folks. And how do we pray for you? How do we take that bit where Paul says about, you know, the attitude towards the leaders and do something with, with that? And we thought, we just need to do this representatively rather than everybody, otherwise it just wouldn't work. And I, I, there were a few folks that you thought would be good to involve in this. I, I want you to just be gathering around these folks in a moment to be praying for them, but to see this as a start and a catalyst, not an end and a thing that we did on Sunday and now we can move on. I want to encourage you to be saying, let's pray representatively now, but let's maintain the praying and the attitude. And in a, as I don't want to give you thanks and praise that you, you give leadership to your church as a gift. That you call men and women to step into that role. Um, you call them to exercise leadership. And we've just got representatives here, but there's so many within the church. And Father, we thank you for that. We bless you. We speak blessing on everyone who steps up to the plate and takes up that mantle and that responsibility of giving leadership within this church. We recognize that as a calling from you and as a ministry exercised before you in so many different ways, but without which the church would be rudderless and steerless. So, Father, we thank you for those people. We bless them in the name of Jesus. We honor them before you. We, we hold them before you. We pray, may they know your favor but also we say, Lord, we want them to receive favour from us, your people. We want them to be honoured before you. We want them to be blessed. We want the work they do to be a joy to them. We want the people they serve to be a joy and a blessing to them. And that places something on us. So help us, Lord, to be that blessing. Help us to be those who speak words of encouragement, to honour leadership that is given, that receives words that are spoken. Help us, Lord, to glorify you by the way we relate to those whom you give to give leadership to us. Father, I pray that this would not be a moment in the life of this church, but rather would be a stepping stone of, of growth and of um, maturing and of continuing to walk with you and to say we want to do life the way the way Jesus wants us to do life. We want to do life together as church, the way you've laid out in your scriptures. And we pray, Holy Spirit, would you work that in us because we make commitments and then we stumble and we fall and we fail and we mess them up again and again and and we want to be better at that and we, and we want to be more consistent and more persistent in all, the whole of our discipleship, including how we honour and relate to and bless and pray for those who lead us. So Holy Spirit, help us please. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you rest afresh on this church of yours, this beautiful church of yours, this shining light. Would you enable them to shine in this way too? that the world can see and that other churches can see what it looks like when godly leadership is handled in a godly way. Amen. I just want to name 
that if you feel like Jackie did when she shared her testimony, that you're on the outside looking in, this is for you. We, Gold Avenue, we members of Christ's kingdom have been called to be his ambassadors. And so this blessing, this flow, this movement of the Lord is for each one. And so I want to invite each one to hold out their hands and receive this blessing. The Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face shine ever brighter upon you. The Lord turn his countenance, his face upon you and fill you with his abundant peace and joy and power. Amen.
The Lord is so faithful. And we have gotten to do a lot of celebrating of his faithfulness this morning, and we know that he will be faithful tomorrow as well, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so um, we have a few announcements. This week we are resuming many things, but not all things. And so men's study is resuming tomorrow night. More information in your bulletin if you would like that. Um, noon prayer is resuming on Wednesdays in, well, one of these places. Um, and, so, and prayer walking is not going to be happening this Wednesday. Um, next week we have a special offering. We have our two offerings next week. We will be collecting the second offering for um, the work that PRMI does in Nicaragua. And so um, they are in several different um, places around the world, and the Lord is doing a lot in Nicaragua and partnering with um, Young Life leaders there as well with the PRMI um, content, and we are seeing lots of growth for the kingdom of God down there. So that will be the second offering. Um, Connection cards um, are in your seat. We have lots of visitors today. We would really love to hear from you. So if you can fill that out, you can leave it either on the clipboard or there's a box in the back that you can drop it in.